Welcome to Under the Blanket. And uh, here we are in this moment. And your whole life has been leading up to this moment. We are under Mirage's blanket. In his heart. Where we see, as he would say, Subex. It's all one. And shout out to a bunch of my listeners. They uh, have a big gymnasium. They're all 25 years old and really hot. And they like to hula hoop as they listen to my podcast on a loudspeaker. So, hey, girls. Uh, I'm glad to have you as fans. Now, I have today on the show, Joel. Say hello, Joel. Hey, everybody. All right. So, um, and Joel's been on the show before. And, you know, Joel. I had a really good time the last couple of times, uh, or three times you've been on the show, so I'm glad to have you on again. Oh, thank you. I had a blast as well. All right, so we, uh, we, I decided uh, a topic for today's episode will be suffering. Now, I'll go into it first. Uh, I had a lot of people, uh, for example, they, they get into spiritual awakening through suffering their suffering becomes so much for their ego to handle and it's just it 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 ends up breaking cracking their eggs making their omelet of love so to speak that it breaks them through it's that like uh you know a famous person is Eckhart Tolle who uh was suicidal and super depressed all the time and that's what led to his awakening to the moment uh-huh. Now, uh, my awakening was through uh, psychedelics, so uh, uh, I had awakening in a different way, through an ecstatic experience, a glimpse of the oneness, you know, but it was related to suffering, because I could see before I took the psychedelic, I was suffering a lot, so I could see the connection there, but it wasn't because of the suffering, so there's a little difference there, and maybe that you know, has something to do with what happened after. Now, as I got into the Red Bee here now and had an awakening through that and saw that everything was part of waking up, I remember reading and being here now, maybe you remember this line, Joel. This trip requires total suffering, but it's got to be the suffering that is no suffering. you got to go the whole suffering trip, but you can't be the guy who is suffering. Yeah. All right, so... You know, I I understood that, and I understood a lot of what he said to be here now. Um, and but, but okay, when I started listening to his lectures, he mentioned something that he didn't mention in Be Here Now that I could recall exactly, uh, or he did mention it, but he didn't emphasize it like he did in other talks. Suffering is grace. You know, he kind of like talks about it being straightening by fire, and but. He was really talking about just witnessing the suffering, and and he didn't really uh, maybe go into that as much. Now, sure. when he said that kind of stuff, I was like, okay, I get it, but I didn't really get it. What I found <laughs> myself was uh, going for the high of getting beyond identification with ego and getting into that state of oneness. That would be the high to me, but in a right. way that I would come down, and then my down when I was ever away from that, I'd push that away. So I'd go towards the high of either being a soul going to God or being in God. 
or any of those or astral trips, anything that was out of the suffering and uh, any down, even subtle suffering. I'd push that away. I'd do anything to get out of it. I'm not just like racing to the supply of acid. I'm talking about all kinds of things, <laughs> meditation, kirtan, yeah. um, yoga, reading, holy books, you name it. I would do anything I could to get out of the suffering. Um, uh, a lot of time, I sometimes for a period of time, I did mindful jogging. So you name it, I want to get out of it. Then when I got to the high, I would be like, I want to maintain it for as long as possible. And when I had it for like a month or two, and I was just always in this high, I'd be really like, yeah. But it had this element of clinging to the high and pushing away the low. So thus, it had that fear of the low, and it had the clinging, and it was all wrapped up in this cycle that I was on that stage for a long time until um, I got to the COVID um, time. And it was changing before that, but the real dramatic shift I had about this mm-hmm. was when COVID happened. I don't know why, but I guess because of the solitude and the quarantine, um, I just was doing practices every day and and then I've had those periods before, but I don't know. I just upped it a notch, and I started yeah. to get, you know, into the downs. And I would be the suffering would be going on, the down would be going on, but I wouldn't be the guy who's suffering. I wouldn't be the guy who's down, and it would be teaching me something. Places I still attach, places I'm stuck, and I was okay with it. The down right. was all the downs, all the emotions, all just clouds and i was the sky of awareness i am the sky of awareness and they're just clouds the highs are clouds the lows are clouds it's all clouds the the being here now is beyond highs and lows totally beyond it and uh and then uh before you get into it joel i just want to end this with this is uh i really started to get suffering is grace and and this period of time i was really getting it one day in particular and it was suffering was going on yet i was totally felt it as grace and this might be hard for some people to understand because i didn't quite understand that term but but the suffering was there and it was pretty intense but it was grace and it was beautiful and it was showing me these places where i was stuck and i was having these releases and then my dad dropped off something had and he concluded in the package that he gave me some sandpaper. Now, I didn't ask for sandpaper. I don't know what I do with sandpaper. He d- he didn't know anything about... He just included it for some reason, and I immediately, when I saw the sandpaper, I thought of the Ramdas quote that says, suffering is the sandpaper of this path, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I it clicked, everything clicked, and I felt Naraji acted through my dad and gave me the sandpaper he probably would thought it was funny, but he didn't know about the quote or anything or Mirage. So he, and basically, you know, I, I struggled with issues with my dad. So I thought I, it was also had that element. So anyway, that's my little feel uh, I'm giving to start us off on this discussion of suffering. So now, Joel, take it away. Suffering. What's it all about? Oh, man. Well, uh, suffering is grace is absolutely, um, absolutely true from what I found. Um, much like Eckhart Tolle, my awakening, though, I, I 
use psychedelics and it opened my mind and opened me up to the possibility of so much more. Um, it was really trying to work through my anxiety and depression that, that, you know, took away so much of my life so, so often. And, um, you know, it was, it was through the teachings of, you know, Ram Dass and Eckhart Tolle and, and people like that, that really started to open me up and, uh, similar to you, um, COVID was a wonderful opportunity for me to really start exploring things and developing an actual practice with meditation and kirtan and and then having more time or, you know, my, my work situation kind of changed. So I was able to start listening to audiobooks while I chopped vegetables and that, you know, it exposed me to to a lot more, um, a lot more truth. And, uh, so, you know, when Ram Dass talks about suffering is grace, he, he always adds on, you know, but you don't go up to a person who's suffering and go, Oh, Hey, look at how lucky you are. How grace, how grace filled you are. You know, that's, that's not, not a, Ah, I'm sorry. I just kind of lost my train of thought there. It's all right. Don't worry. We, you know, the uh, silence is a powerful uh, message as well, and uh, you know that could come when all this noise is going on, or words, or whatever. And uh, I think my listeners will forgive you for having a momentary lapse of thought on a show where you're supposed to be transcending all this. Anyway, so uh, so anyway. so well, uh, the suffering issue and you're talking like you're, when you were saying about walking up to someone telling them this, of course, that is like a, like you wouldn't walk up to someone and say, hey, you're God, you're loving awareness, like none of this stuff. I feel like if you share something like a, in public, say a social media post all about suffering being grace and something you learned about it and it's not directed at anyone in particular. It's about yeah. uh, not aiming it at someone that's suffering um now is there this is a good question right is there exception to this rule you know because is there a situation where it would be helpful when someone's suffering to tell them this kind of thing and i see that that so maybe you could go with that yeah a situation like that absolutely i've uh encountered situations recently in in some familial life that uh you know, lots lots of pain and suffering going on in my family right now, just all across the board. And you know, after after a bit of time and sitting sitting with somebody with compassion, and you know, you can you can say, hey, but don't you feel this? Don't don't you truly feel this? And through this, you can you can grow. Your your attachments can can be released. That karma that you've been carrying around, whatever resentment, whatever whatever pain and fear you can start to let go through this suffering because uh as maharaji said he loves suffering you know it it it's where god appears when you are down on your luck when you are hurting you've got no one and no nothing to turn to you go to god every time everybody does even you know atheists that's just how it how it ends up is is yeah, when you're like at that a, certain point you go oh 
the, the dark night of the soul is what I've heard it referred to as a lot. But once you hit that point, you just go, oh, all right, I'm not the one that is in control of anything. And every time I'm acting, I'm going against God's plan. And, and that's not going to work. Yeah, it's uh, I I pictured someone in a in a war even they call it the foxhole prayer. You know, you're uh, in your foxhole yeah. in Vietnam and you start, you know, you're suffering a lot and you're you're not sure if you're going to be killed and uh, what is the person doing? They're praying a lot many times. Like uh, that has to do with what Mariah said about that. Exactly. Um, so yeah, suffering, suffering as grace is, is such a powerful, I mean, the grace that you can find through it. And, you know, I found through meditation, especially because when I'm meditating, I, I lose the I, I lose the me and I feel it all. I've, I've started to really feel every, every bit of, of pain, you know, I get to feel every bit of joy, but there is so much truth in that pain of the world that, that everybody is going through. And, you know, the, the understanding that I've, I keep, you know, it's ever evolving of, of what enlightenment is or what it's not, you know, the Buddha said enlightenment is not suffering. That's, that's all he would say about what it is because it's, it's what it's not. That's important. But, you know, I would bring up something about that, that, you know, he did say that. And there's also a teaching in, you know, there's not just the Buddha. I mean, people might not understand this. There's the Buddha who said the Four Noble Truths and started the whole Buddha thing. But there's so many different. There's the Tibetan Buddhist, Mahayana, Theravadan, the Pure Land, Sage. There's all kinds of things that develop from that. One of them is this teaching of Buddha nature. Is that we have this place inside us right now, right this very moment, very moment. Dogshin Buddhism focuses on this a lot of times, where you just relax into this very moment and just that relaxing and being here now and resting in awareness. That is Buddha. That is Buddha nature. That is already enlightened, and that in that place. You're not suffering, and that place is always beyond suffering. And right. I guess there's a, that's uh, the teaching of that. And then the other teaching is okay, that's all fine and true, but what happens? I keep I, I go to that place, and then I get caught up in suffering again with certain attachments. So, you know, the, there's another trip about it, which is like Ramdas talked about the enlightenment, where you never come down, so to speak. You go into that Buddha nature. And you never like get sucked back in the suffering. I look at Miraji as that type of being. He's in the Buddha nature, but he doesn't ever get tripped up because he's let go of all his ego trips that would have got him uh, messed up. Yeah. And now beyond his body, he's doing great. I feel him right here. He just ate one of my um, what is it called? Uh, those little potato things. Pierogies. Oh. I had pierogies. Oh yeah. Down. I dumped them all onto a cooking sheet. I cooked them up, I put them down, I started eating them, I said my prayer, Brahman, eating Brahman, Jay Maharaj, Jay Hanuman, you know, this whole big spiel. All mm. of a sudden I reached down, boom, pierogies all bitten up. And oh, like, man. Oh, I again. And later, another <laughs> one's bitten up. <laughs> That's great. But what about someone, first you go, you say, say there's a listener right now. Now, we're in this now recording on Skype. 
but there's a future, supposedly. That future is part of this now. It's all one big now. So they're listening now to this podcast, and they're suffering right now as I talk. And they're maybe listening to this podcast to deal with that suffering. And, you know, maybe it's something as simple as uh, they have a, a really uh, hemorrho- a terrible hemorrhoid, and uh, they're sitting on it right now, and it's like, what? Listening to a damn podcast gonna help with my head. <laughs> Get me some pain pills. They're 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 thinking of grabbing the pain pills and taking an extra one today or whatever it is. But they decided, hey, I'm gonna give it a try. I'm gonna listen to the podcast, and they're 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 putting all their hopes, every last hope, all their eggs in the basket of what you say next, Joel. Now go. Meditate like Christ and get lost in love. That was that was Maharaji's. My motherfucking Android, motherfucker. Oh, it it changes your perception on them at the very least. I'll change your perception, motherfucker. <laughs> anyway, yeah, you're right. Get lost in love, and you know, I would say, listen, calm down. <laughs> you don't have to curse at your uh, computer. Just relax and imagine that you're suffering and your hemorrhoid pain and your emotions and your thoughts. Use your imagination and your ego and all that stuff. Sensations, it's all just cloud. And just, I know this sounds crazy, but just allow it to be as it is. Allow it fully as it is. Sit up and sit with it and allow it to be there and let it be and face it fully with acceptance. And just be like, okay. There's those clouds of this painful hemorrhoid and my emotions about it, my re- mind's reactions, and they're, and they're just clouds, and I'm just going to allow it. And as you allow it, you'll notice that being that allows it, that's like you're, you're, you've been seeing all these clouds, and now you're seeing the sky, hemorrhoid guy. Hemorrhoid guy, you're seeing the sky right now, and now that you see the sky, watch this. You could move into the sky. And be the sky instead of the clouds. Hey, now you're just like, look, wow, there's some hemorrhoid pain. And you're not yelling at your computer. And you're not beating your poor wife anymore. Because she didn't cause the hemorrhoid, you know? So, you know, uh, so there's all these issues that come up with suffering now. What would you say to someone that's like, you know, Eckhart Tolle once, because this will be a good subject, uh, Joel. Eckhart Tolle says, when you had enough suffering, you won't suffer anymore. Kind of implying that he's at that place, you know. And I get the sneaking suspicion in my intuition that he still gets hung up now and then. I mean, he's building this empire around him being enlightened. And no doubt he had an awakening. Uh, and wrote those beautiful books back in the day. But mm. now, you know, he's, he's calm, he's all right. But you're telling me every 24-7 throughout the day, he never gets hung up. And you notice I listened to one of his talks where he talks about being sad about something on the news. And he yeah. can tell, like, that facade of dishonesty. About, now, he's a beautiful teacher, his teachings are true. But that facade of, I'm a holy man, 
was breaking down. He was starting to talk to me about being hung up about something on the news. He was starting to be like Ram Dass, who probably people on this listen to this podcast are more into. Ram Dass is very honest about his ego struggles. Eckhart Tolle, Deepak Chopra, these people have built empires making shitloads of money around yeah. that they never get hung up. You know, and Deepak has already been exposed. He, his own son made a documentary about him that Deepak approved of, where all that stuff Deepak said about never getting hung up, never being upset, blah, 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 all a bunch of hogwash. He can't even meditate for five minutes. I watched the documentary. It's really, really great. It shows how some people have a spiritual persona, holy man trip, and then what they're like in real life can be very different. Instead Absolutely. Of Ram Dass, and you know, I, it's beautiful. It's a profound teaching for our time where everybody seems to be into the popular holy people, the ones with the website that go to the retreat that you have to pay $30 to do this and $100 for a mantra and go to their commune and they sit on their chair and all that. All Miraji had was his blanket. Now, you know, this is all wrapped into the suffering trip, you know, because people want to get out of suffering. They may be like, who gets me out of suffering? So I brought up a lot of stuff, Joel. Maybe you could comment on some of that. Well, as far as teachers go, you know, you have to use your intuition. Absolutely. Um, every every teacher that I've I've listened to, you know, whether they went the route of capitalism and leaned hard into Western culture or not, they all had truth to say. And, um, you know, you can, you can definitely take that truth out of, out of a person's, you know, words without, without taking all of their attachments, because those are their attachments. That's their stuff to work through. And you can't, you can't attach yourself to them. I mean, Maharaji, you know, <laughs> he he stressed many times that that he was not going anywhere. That you know, don't be attached to the body because this body, it's 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 gonna be done. But he's not going anywhere, and none of us ever are. We're always exactly right here where we need to be. Um, and and yeah, the the suffering that we go through. However terrible, however horrible it may be, is is an unfortunate necessity for for our souls to grow because on a cosmic level, it, it's operating on on such a high level that that we cannot understand in this form. You know, we can get glimpses of it through meditation or see something through psychedelics, but but the the perfectly orchestrated chaos that is this universe is uh it's riddled with suffering until you break free from it and go home and that's that's why we all are walking each other home because you know the the buddha nature the bhakti doing bhakti yoga it's it's serving others to alleviate suffering in the world you know you don't become enlightened to get out of suffering yourself. You become enlightened to alleviate all suffering, everybody's yeah, yeah. suffering. It's interesting because when it comes to all these different paths, like you mentioned, the Mahayana approach to alleviating the suffering of all beings as opposed to Theravada, 
uh-huh. Buddhism where you alleviate your own personal suffering and all these different gurus and teachers and how I'd say, you know, like you said, a good rule of thumb is that intuitive heart space. You work with these different teachers and methods and holy books and gurus and this, that, and the other thing. And if it feels right in your heart and it's relieving your suffering and that feels right in the way it's doing that, continue with that. If it starts to feel wrong, then move along to something else. Like if you're exactly. listening and you're like, Deepak Chopra feels right. And I love to watch videos hit with him with the volume turned down and wank it and scream about dolphins. <laughs> and that makes me feel less hung up about this boring job at McDonald's I have. I have this job. I work every day at McDonald's. I come home. I put Deepak Chopra videos on. <laughs> and I turn down the volume. And I wouldn't get for hours screaming about dolphins. I have been arrested a few times because the neighbors complain, but it works and it feels right. And you and your decoding Deepak documentary and all your put downs of Deepak are not going to get me to stop. In fact, if you don't believe in Deepak, you're going to hell. And I'm coming for you. And I know where you live. All right. I gotta stop. I'm all for <laughs> You're talking about suffering, right? All right. And, uh, oh, what's the other thing? Like, uh, I did actually read a good Deepak book about suffering. And mm. it was, uh, you, you ever heard this one? It's called The Buddha. No, I haven't. Oh, it's a novel. It, I don't even know if he writes it. He's probably got this whole team that he pays <laughs> to write it. He writes a book a week. You're telling me this guy writes, he's always on the <laughs> You know, in ho- five-star hotels and doing all this kind of stuff. You're telling me he writes all these books? Yeah, right. He's got these <laughs> ghostwriters. Anyway, one of his brilliant ghostwriters that's humble enough not to want credit and go on Conan O'Brien and talk about how great he is, wrote this amazing novel called Buddha. I'm a little hard on Deepak. Anyway, so he's re- he wrote this, uh, he or she or whoever it was, wrote this book Buddha that had Deepak's name on it. And it was a really good novel. It was so beautiful. And uh, there was this one part where Buddha, as a child, is watching gardening the way they did it back in the day, where you kill the land with something. Not like a a machine that requires fuel, but like some sort of till-like machine without, like, I forget what you exactly call it. It it breaks up the dirt. Yeah, yeah. Right? So anyway, this guy is tilling the land, and this little Buddha guy, he's not Buddha yet, he's Siddhartha, he's this prince, he's watching the land be tilled up, and he's seeing all these worms be, like, killed, and he's feeling their pain, and he's horrified, then he's thinking, the guy that's tilling is is not liking doing this, he doesn't want to be tilling, he probably wants to be, you know, banging a bunch of chicks in the palace, but instead he's killing every day and not banging the chicks or whatever. And all these worms and then he's going to grow plants and those plants are going to be picked and those that's going to hurt the plant. And mm. then it's just for these people that are hurting all their lives and then they die. And then it just keeps, and he saw how it's all this it's everywhere you look, the suffering of sentient beings, whether they be worms or plants and it's all this violence and the snake eating its own tail. 
and I absolutely horrified. It was just the beginning of understanding the first noble truth. Life is suffering, and it was a really good part of the book. But the book is like has a Hollywood ending, and I'll spoil it. So spoiler alert: um, the Buddha comes back to his wife. You know the story. He leaves his wife and gets enlightened. In this version, he goes back to his wife, goes back to his kids, stops the war, saves the kingdom, and of course, Hollywood has happily ever after. Now, we <laughs> the show, so Joel, take us out with some profound whatever. <laughs> well, though life is suffering, there is absolutely a way out of it, and it is not an instantaneous process by any means. It's a grinding day-to-day activity that once you start opening your heart, you're going to feel more. You're going to feel the pain of everything a little bit more. But through that, you will connect with God a little bit more every day. And and I don't All know. Right. That's... <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that's Bubba the Buddha style. Anyway, life's a piece of shit. There's a way. Uh, life's a piece of shit because you want shit. There's a way out of the shit and the Way out of this shit is just be B E and then you're being B E I N. Anyway, this has been Bobby Here Love with Under the Blanket and guest host Joel. Thank you, Ram Ram J Nimro Baba Maraji. Jai Ram.